Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Danny's Diary, a podcast powered by Singing News. I'm your host, Danny Jones. Thanks for tuning in today. It is a joy to have you on board. Our guest today is Singing News Associate Publisher Rick Francis. Rick, how are you today? Danny, I'm good. Good to see you today. Yes, sir. Glad you are with us, and uh, I promise you this will be painless. We're going to spend some time learning about the inner workings of Singing News Magazine. You know them, I know them, but a lot of the listeners of this podcast, this will be their first opportunity to learn what goes on behind the scenes. Now, if you think putting a magazine together and getting it mailed every month is easy, I'll just go ahead and cut to the chase. It's not. Rick, how far do you plan uh, various aspects of the magazine each month? Oh, we plan very uh, six months ahead. Uh, Covers sometimes are planned eight months ahead um our editorial is always planned at least four or five months ahead and then i jokingly say once we get one that we call it put to bed or uploaded to the printer once we say that i jokingly say only 12 more to go because we've always got a deadline for something that's right and when you say only 12 more to go we've been saying or someone has been saying only 12 more to go for 50 years. The year 2019 is the 50th anniversary of Singing News Magazine. I've been here for more than 23 years. You've been with us for how long? I've been here almost 10 years. Almost 10 years. Of course, I wrote for the magazine prior to working here full time. Well, let's talk a little bit about what you do on a daily basis at Singing News Magazine. You're sort of, uh, let me back up just a moment and say this. Rick and I operate as a team, there are different things that I do in the leadership of Singing News Magazine, and there are different things that Rick does. Rick, because he is actually based in the Nashville office, oversees more of the day-to-day operations. And uh, so give us a little insight into some of those things. Well, I manage our production team, and so our production team is always working on a magazine or working on a project for the magazine. So I oversee and manage that staff. And then I take care of our charts. We have several charts with the magazine. We have, of course, the top 80 chart that comes out in the magazine every month. But then we have a weekly chart. We have a new releases chart. We have a pick hits chart. Um, And then we have a bluegrass gospel chart. And so in managing those charts, I have to get the reporting links out to all the reporting stations on time. And then the song information, songwriter publisher information, that database has to be kept up and managed at all times. So those kind of things are ongoing. They're not monthly. They're something I work on every week, every other day. I'm working on the charts. Speaking of the charts... You know, the first chart appeared in January 1970. First magazine was May of 1969. From January 1970 all the way to the present time, how many different songs have appeared on the Singing News chart? Any idea? I have no idea. Now, I could research that, give you a number, but we're talking 49 years this year, 49 right. years. Uh, of charts. Of charts. So, 50 years of the magazine. Right. So well, let's just throw a number out there. If, if we said 3,000 different songs, because some songs only appear on the charts once, some appear many times, Learning to Lean by the Blackwood Brothers sat at number one for better part of a year and a half. 
so, you know, I'd say the number would be several thousand. One day, you're going to research that and just print the answer in singing news, right? It, it would be in the tens of thousands. Oh, it, easily, easily. Yeah. And you probably know the words to all of them, don't you? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. this is uh, singing news. Yeah, singing news is not your first go around in the world <laughs> of gospel music. As a matter of fact, you've spent quite a few days and nights on buses, haven't you? I have, yes. When I was 20 years old, um, I went on the road with the Mid-South Boys. So I was with the Mid-South Boys in the 80s, and then I worked for a time with uh, Naomi and the Seagulls, Naomi Seagull and her group, and that's when I moved to Nashville. was with her for several uh, years and then uh, moved to the McCamies. I moved to Clinton, Tennessee, went to work for Reuben and Peg and the McCamies, and was there for six years. Right. Uh, Troy Peach of the Perrys and Singing News Radio is our engineer today, and uh, Troy knows this tidbit of information, but we're going to throw it out there so you too can be informed. Troy, what individual in this room was featured? Well, I don't know if featured is the right word, but which one of the three people in this room, myself, you, or Rick Francis, can say he played on God on the Mountain? That's right. He's pointing to Rick Francis. Yes, Rick Francis played bass guitar on the historic recording God on the Mountain. That is from the album Gone to Meeting. Yeah. Big, big song, not only for the McCamies, but also for Southern gospel music. And uh, I'm sure that had to be something of a just a, an incredible moment that you, night. You know, that was a great experience. And I was just privileged to be a part of the group during that time. That was that was early on. I think we recorded that in 88, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I was just privileged to be a part of the group and a part of that live recording and video. They had brought in a full band of studio players as well. But that song in particular, uh, something wonderful happened at the recording of that song because I don't think that song, God on the Mountain, was in the running to be a radio single at the time. They had their eyes and ears on other songs that were on the set list. And, uh, boy, it just took off. And uh, they knew they needed to do something with it. And as the old saying goes, the rest is history. This episode of the Danny's Diary podcast is sponsored by IMC Concerts, the premier concert and event promotions company for the very best in gospel, bluegrass, and classic country music. Make your plans now to attend the Pennsylvania Gospel Music Festival. It's held every Labor Day weekend in the heart of Pennsylvania Amish country. This exciting annual event, featuring many of your favorite artists, is held at the American Music Theater in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And for more information and to purchase your tickets for the Pennsylvania Gospel Music Festival, visit www.gardenspotpromotions.com and click on the festival link. You can call 800-648-4102. Thanks to our good friends at IMC Concerts for sponsoring this episode of the Danny's Diary Podcast. So, Rick, why did you come off the road? What, what, what ended your time on the road? Well, the entire time that I was with the McCamies, which I mentioned was six years, uh, I was dating my wife, Debbie. And I had always told Reuben and Peg that I probably, when I got married, would come off the road. Um, so we got married in 1990, but I ended up staying with the McCamies another year and a half. In fact, they asked me when we announced our engagement, 
well, does that mean you're leaving us? Does that mean you're coming off the road? But just things were going so well that I stayed on the road another year and a half. But they always knew the whole entire time that I spent with the McCameys, they knew that when I got married, that I would come off the road and go into the business side of gospel music. And along the way, you've spent time uh, not only with Singing News, but um, you also worked for another magazine that did very well in the uh, 90s and early 2000s, I believe. Yes. The Christian Voice. Tell us a little bit about that. It was the Gospel Voice magazine. Like I said, the Gospel Voice magazine. (laughs) Well, as I mentioned, I had moved from Nashville to Clinton, Tennessee. So when I came off the road, I had the opportunity to go to work for the Gospel Voice magazine, which was owned by Music City News, which was a country music, monthly country music magazine. And so I moved back over to Nashville in 92 and went to work for the Gospel Voice as marketing director and within a couple of years was promoted to associate publisher of the Gospel Voice. Stayed there six years as well. Right. So you've brought all that experience over to Singing News Magazine, plus all the different things that you've been involved in in gospel music. And uh, it, it's made for a, it's made for a, a good situation in terms of we at Singing News understand what the artists go through on a daily basis. We understand that it's not glamour. We understand that it's uh, uh, not easy. Uh, but J.G. Whitfield, when he launched the magazine back in May of 1969, his entire goal at that time was to promote concerts. But it wasn't long after that the direction changed just a little bit to not only promote those concerts but to promote the artist. And uh, you and I go through this practically every day trying to decide how we are going to get everything into a single issue, and and we lose that battle every day. We, we have to make some very difficult choices and um, because we only have 12 issues. But thank goodness for the digital world. We're able to do some things now that on our social media pages, on our website, that I guess you could say fill the gap. So, Rick, if there was one thing that you could add to singing news today if if there were no restrictions no constraints whatsoever if you could just say yes we're going to do it what would that be i wish we had more than 12 covers in a year because there are so many deserving artists and groups these days Uh, but of course we do a monthly magazine there's 12 issues there's 12 covers i wish we had more than 12 that we could offer Uh, our readers, and also offer some of these groups, put them on the cover. Well, speaking of Singing News Magazine, we hope you are a subscriber to the magazine. If you are not, I'm going to encourage you to walk over to your telephone and pick up the telephone and dial this number, 800-527-5226. That's 800-527-5226. And our friendly operators will help you out. They are standing by. Actually, we have them chairs now, so they're no longer having to stand. But call 800-527-5226. They will get the magazine on the way to your mailbox each and every month. Or you can visit singingnews.com, and you can subscribe that way, too. One of the things I love hearing, and Danny, you work a lot of dates. You work a lot of events, and I work uh, several Throughout the year, one of the things that I hear 
every time that I set up the singing news display at a concert or event, somebody will come up and invariably they will say, I can't wait until I get my singing news in the mail. I stop whatever I'm doing. I read it cover to cover. Or sometimes they'll jokingly say if their husband or their wife is standing there, uh, we fight over who gets it first as soon as it comes in the mail. And I love hearing that from our readers. Right. Now, one other thing we've got to add to that. We used to fight over the magazine so much that we finally got a subscription for each of us. And yeah. I, I hear that quite a bit. It, 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 you know, it's always it's always very entertaining to listen to the comments from a lot of the subscribers, but it's also very humbling. You know, um, there's a lot. Uh, Rick and I cut up a lot, and we and we love the laugh, and we we love to have fun with our friends who are the artists and gospel music. But we're very serious about what we do. We we want to promote uh, gospel music. We want to promote the artists. We want everybody possible to know how good this music is and how great our artists are. Uh, we hear this kind of statement tossed around so lightly, that, uh, but there's a lot of truth in this. We do have great artists. We have great singers. We have great musicians, and we just want to do everything uh, that we can do to promote them, and that's, that's something that Rick feels very strongly about, and I do too. All right, Rick, I'm going to throw you a curveball now. On all of our other podcasts, I've tossed out some names and just wanted to see the first reaction uh, given in response to a name. So I'm going to throw out a few names to you. They may be individuals. They may be names of organizations. Are you ready? I'm ready. Reuben Bean of the McCamies. Reuben Bean, I love the McCamies, and Reuben is, is no question the boss of that outfit, but he's a very humble man. He's a very humble man. Peg looks like she's in charge on stage, but Reuben is in charge. And you heard it here first because Rick was there. He knows what what went on on stage. All right, the National Quartet Convention. You know what? It's like a big family reunion for me. I've been going since the early 80s. And uh, when I get together with folks at the National Quartet Convention, honestly, to me, the music is great. The atmosphere is electric, but it's like a great big family reunion. Jerry Kirksey. Jerry Kirksey. Uh, he has been my friend, even when I worked for the Gospel Voice magazine, where folks said, oh, my goodness, y'all are competitors. Jerry treated me with utmost respect when I would see him. He was my friend prior to working there. He was my friend after I came off uh, the road. He was my friend after I left the Gospel Voice. And then he was the first one to welcome me to Singing News magazine. One more. World's Best Sonic. Well, that's a... That's an interesting story. This probably happened around uh, 1998. 1998, Danny Jones had invited me to make a trip with him, and uh, we went to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to the Maybe Center. And uh, so I was traveling with, with, I wasn't with the magazine at the time. I was writing for the magazine, but I wasn't full-time with Singing News Magazine. So Danny invited me to go along with him, ride in his um, motorhome, RV, I think you were traveling in at the time. So we got there early to the Maybe Center there at Oral Roberts University and uh, set up, and we had some time. We had some extra time, and so I had inquired around. Danny was visiting with folks, and we had some extra time, and so 
I had inquired around and found a great Mexican restaurant. And so I suggested to Danny that we go right down the road to the Mexican restaurant. Well, Danny kept him hawing around. He had talking to this one, that one. He kind of didn't act like he was in a hurry to go. And he finally said, you know what? He said, there's a Sonic right across the road there. We, we can just walk over there. They have the best chili. They have the best chili. You need to order their chili cheese dog because they, they're known for having the best tasting chili in the country. And he looked so convincing. And Danny will tell you, he said, I'm not, I'm not a salesman. He'll tell you that. But he looked so convincing. So I kind of reluctantly agreed to go with him. And uh, sure enough, I ordered the chili cheese dog upon his recommendation. And uh, he just looked at me and said, well, how does it taste? Well, it tasted like every other chili cheese dog in the country. It didn't taste, taste any different. He died laughing because the, the real story was Danny didn't want to lose his good parking place. That is 100% accurate. He didn't want to lose his good parking place, so he made me walk to a Sonic so he could keep the his world's good best place. one. Yeah. Mind you. All right. Rick Francis, the associate publisher of Singing News Magazine, has been our guest today on Danny's Diary. Rick, thanks for dropping by. Thank you, Danny. All right, everyone. Make sure you look for the next edition of Danny's Diary, a podcast powered by Singing News. We'll see you then.